Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I am Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, August 18, 2022, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 22 the fourth paragraph down at the bottom of the page. We know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, going through that one paragraph, ending in will abundantly confirm this. Today's readers are, thank you for your service, Team Thursday, Martha Z, Chris M, Nancy R, Kelly G, Anita L, our newcomer greeter, Hoodie R, and the host for the awesome second unrecorded hour, Chris G. The reference numbers for yesterday, August 17th, 7 a.m. is 19302. That's 19,302. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 19303. That's 19,303. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At our Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Kelly G. to read the 12 steps. You're up, Kelly. Good morning, Kelly G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly G. I will now ask for Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. You're up, yes. Anita. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, living in these solutions for today. Uh, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. All righty. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, pass, then press star one to mute again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in There is a Solution on page 22, the fourth paragraph down at the bottom of the page, and I'm going to ask Martha V to get us started. Please go ahead. Martha, can't wait. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your loyal service. This is Martha V. I'm a compulsive overeater, um, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. We know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, as he may do for months or years, he reacts much like other men. We're equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, whatsoever, into his system, something happens, both in the bodily and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. And good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, I'm just going to put this in the eye. while I kept away from my alcoholic foods, um, I reacted mostly like other people. But once I took them into my system, um, something happened in the bodily, mentally sense, and it was completely impossible for me (laughs) to stop. And we can all say the experience of any compulsive overeater will abundantly confirm this. So... In the body, I once I started eating these foods, mostly for me it was sugar and flour. I Once I started eating them, I couldn't stop. And the only thing that got me to stop is either I finished eating everything that I had um, or I couldn't move anymore. I was not a binge purger, so I would just have to wait a little bit until I could fit more in. Um, and I didn't, there was no such thing as two cookies. There were two boxes of cookies and then some. So, and when I was dieting, I didn't eat those foods I had trouble with. But when I would get to my goal weight, I, I completely, I didn't understand the allergy of the body. I had no clue about that. And this is before LA. And um, so I would, I would tell myself when I got to my goal weight, I'd tell myself that I could have um, dessert for, for lunch or dinner. And I was on my way back up in a couple hours. I mean, that was literally how long I, I kept off my weight. So in the mental sense, that was really my problem because if I could have, well, I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, I had this mind that said, okay, you might have binged your brains out last night, but today you'll just be able to have a little bit of it or I'll get right back on track or whatever. So I am going to give you a spoiler alert. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the main problem in the mind. And if I could have remembered what happened every time I ate, I, that would have been, I would have not done it. But my mind would say, oh, you're making too big a deal out of this. You know, you can, you can do it, no problem. So anyway, today, um, to help me with my bodily problem, I have a food plan that doesn't include any of those things that I have trouble with. And um, to help me with my mental twist, my mind, I have the 12 steps, and they straighten out my mental twist. So I just, I, I just think that that's, I can, you know, be bodily and mentally different and have a really good life. So, so 
so grateful for this recovery program and most of all that it's helped me to find a relationship with a higher power that helps me with everything in my life. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Martha Z, for getting us started. Okay, well, we'd love to hear from everybody, but although we value your experience, strength, and help, uh, we ask that if you share in the last two days, a couple of days, namely Wednesday or Tuesday, that you step aside and let others share their experience, strength, and hope as well. So who would like to share? Need your name and first initial of your last name, please. Jason K. Rick J. Jason. Sam X. DCH. Lisa B. Lisa B. Lisa B. DCH. Stacy H. Rick J. Yep, Rick, I got you. So I've got Jason K, Rick J, Sam S, Lisa B, Stacy H. Anyone else? All right, we have a star lineup here, people. Jason K, Rick J, Sam S, Lisa B, Stacey H. All right, Jason, you are up. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Jason K, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic um, outside of Philadelphia here. And yeah, this is just a great paragraph. Um, Bill says it, I think, another in another way. Um, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And, you know, Bill takes the time to discuss Dr. Silkworth's opinion. Bill takes the time to sketch out his life story, putting this fact in technicolor as he tried to quit um, drinking. Uh, and, and if we try to quit our alcoholic foods, we try to put down these foods, you know, we try to eat in a way that same, um, you know, for me that never worked to do that without actually working the 12 steps. When I had my longest period of time without eating compulsively, staying away from um, some clear red light foods for me was roughly 100 days, and I was holding on for dear life, and I get this obsession of the mind that says, Jason, you should break your abstinence, you should eat those foods, and I couldn't escape it, I couldn't seem to get away from it, and I was seemingly running from an avalanche of these obsessive thoughts and obsessive thinking. And I remember one day I went to bed at like five in the the evening just to try to get rid of that thinking, to wake up and hopefully tomorrow would be a new day. And I woke up that next morning and here I am a hundred days roughly without eating any of my alcoholic foods and this obsession is on me and I cannot make it stop. uh, uh, And I woke up at like four in the morning and I'm sitting in the parking lot of a local convenience store eating these alcoholic foods. Now, as those foods went into my system, I want to bring it back to this paragraph. Once I took into my system whatsoever these alcoholic foods, something happened both bodily and mentally. My body was on fire. I'm sure if you did a brain scan, you'd see all this things lighting up like a Christmas tree. There started a, a physical reaction in me of craving that I could not, uh, I couldn't stop. And the mental sense, something happened in me where it quieted my mind, I could finally take a deep breath. And then what happened? More, more. Some, I opened the door that I didn't really have the power to close. I might close it for a little bit, but there's a hurricane on the other side of that door. There's flood waters on the other side of that door. There's, it, the door is coming down at some point. I can only hold it shut for a very, very 
short period of time, 100 days max, that was my max, but it was always a losing battle. It was like the, the, the rolling the boulder up the hill and it's just it's going to come down. And I like the wording of this, it's virtually impossible for him to stop when any of these alcoholic foods um, are taken into our body and into our mind. So Bill's trying to really slam home this first step truth. So you have to look at this and we have to look at this and I have to look at this even five years, going on five years of recovered abstinence here. Um, is it true for me and is it true for you and this that Thank you so much, Jason K. All right, Rick J, followed by Sam S. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Yeah, this uh, this is speaking to me. And what makes me kind of chuckle is just the wording on this. It's, uh, you know, we are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, into his system, something happens. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Both in the bodily and mental sense, you know, and I love Jason pointing out, you know, the impossibility of this to stop. And um, in the doctor's opinion, you know, we we start learning more about what we're actually dealing with. And and those words of the uh, phenomenon of craving, you know, is all through the doctor's opinion. And, you know, and I've got this physical allergy working here and a mental obsession so those two together you know my brain is physically altered you know and then the mental obsession is is taking me where you know nothing else exists except for that thing that's going to give me this relief and comfort this you know this effect you know i'm going after this effect my mental obsession is taking me to that effect that it's it's like dying for and then once as soon as it hits my system, it's like a trap has been sprung. Now I'm in the grip of an altered brain, so I'm in the physical allergy now. The phenomenon of craving is there. I cannot stop. My brain is, you know, is firing. You know, the, the chemicals are are different. Uh, you know, the chemistry, the brain cells. You know, and it's it's kind of fascinating to look at. You know, how much we understand the the physical brain of an addict. But for me, that's just almost like a side note and i i don't even have to question the why of it like we were talking about um you know on a previous paragraph it's i don't try to analyze this you know this illness anymore uh and ask why i i just know that i have it that's that is my step one 100 concession <laughs> you know innermost self this is me this is my reality you know and um and that will never change i am recovered today but i'm not cured so it's permanent it's progressive and it's fatal so even though i have not triggered that physical allergy you know my my mind if i am not completely connected in this spiritual program of action my mind will take me out my thinking will take me out because the obsession of the mind is there and i i love my sister in South Carolina, you know, who said the the biggest problem with delusional thinking is we don't realize it's delusional thinking. You know, we cannot differentiate the truth from the false. I have a mind that tells me I don't have a disease. I have a mind that leads me to the first bite, and it's got 
countless tricks to get me there. And then as soon as I'm there, again, the trap is sprung. You know, I've, I've fallen through and hit the bamboo sticks, the Venus fly wow. trap. It's, it's done. I'm done. So, yeah, I cannot do this on my own. There's no human power that can relieve me from this. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Rick J. from Cary, North Carolina. Sam S., you're up, followed by Lisa B. Go ahead, Sam. Good morning, Amy. Good to hear you, and thank you for leading today. Hi, everybody. I'm Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Bristol, Rhode Island. What really I keep my eyes keep going back into is react much like normal men. And I just think of, um, you know, think back to I tried to do white-knuckled abstinence, um, my own version of, you know, just kind of leaving some in and some out, what it would look like, I might act like much like my girlfriends who are sitting around dinner and just eating a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But what's going on internally is just this screaming for more. I'm not looking at you anymore. I'm not focusing on you. All I'm looking at is your hands. Are you grabbing more? Are you grabbing less? Can I have more? Can I have less? And that's what the, what the, um, what the craziness of this illness untreated looks like, I am no longer focused on people. I don't care. They're just barriers in the way. And um, I also just think too about the insanity of the, of the idea of me thinking, no, no, I'm not binging here because I didn't eat the whole thing. My mind was on it all day long. So regardless of if I'm doing the physical act, you can bet your boots that's what I'm doing in my mind all day. I'm skeeving, conniving, and I'm not in life. I am bodily and mentally different from other people. Luckily, not much different than a lot of my fellows in this room, thank God, because we have a solution. We don't, you know, when I hit my bottom, and I think that's the saddest thing is I can't make myself hit a bottom. The food is going to bottom me out. It's going to bring me to my knees. But boy, oh boy, when it does, when I'm out of options, and I am just, I'm just at my spiritual, mental, and emotional death, I, I know that I have a solution, and I have a solution in the steps. And uh, I didn't think it was possible. I really didn't. But today, I, I'm, I'm living in it, and I'm grateful. And it's available, and it's free, and it takes a lot of work. But, man, the rewards are beautiful. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Sam S. from Bristol, Rhode Island. Okay, Lisa B., followed by Stacey H. Go ahead, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And thank you, Amy, and everyone that's here uh, doing service. Um, so, uh, you know what? I, I, I really did not function at all like other people when I was not in the substance. I actually got sicker. The self-absorption, the self-centeredness, the irritability, the restlessness just became greater. And I always think about, you know, that tornado roaring, and it talks about sweet relationships are dead. Affections have been uprooted, and that's what I did with the power of my, my mouth, you know, how I could hurt people and rip them apart, not even knowing that I was so oblivious to how the, the impact of me on other people, I can still be that way at times. It's just through God's grace and mercy and the spiritual awakening that I've had a transformation. Um, but you know what, what this disease asks of me? 
is really and truly a kiss on the butt compared to what the disease asks of me. The disease wants all of me, and it comes in so subtly. It could start with a little bottle of mayonnaise. I don't binge on mayonnaise, but there's my alcoholic ingredient in there. And, um, you know, I might say, it's no big deal, it's okay, or a salad dressing or something. And that's what kept me wandering around baffled for 24 years, wondering why can't I stop? Why can't I stay stopped? I could stop. You know, I even stopped once for a year. That's where I was when I came to A Vision for You. With God's grace, I had gotten off of sugar. Only through God's grace, I knew it was killing me. I was becoming an insane person. I was seriously needing to go on some medication or something in order to function with life. That's the compulsive overeating. That's where it takes me to a mental, emotional breakdown. But you know what? I was overeating all these other foods. I was... I was not abstinent. I thought just because this one thing is down, but I really wasn't truly abstinent. It's like it says alcohol in all forms. And that's why working with a recovered fellow that has neutrality themselves that can help me understand about abstinence. But I don't function like a normal person. I actually become sicker. I need desperately the spiritual awakening and the transformation. The other thing I loved listening to are the podcasts on abstinence. And one of them talks about how when we ingest our alcoholic food or ingredient, we may not binge right then and there. It may come on three days later and I'll think that I'm choosing, I'm choosing to bake the two dozen cookies. No, it's my body's mandated. So this is such a powerful program. And you know what? It's a gift to be able to be useful. The other day I thought of that. It's a gift to be able to be useful, to know how to be useful and to want to be useful. I used to never want to be useful and help others. I, I would never have any interest in that. But that's just the gift of this program and the spiritual awakening. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa. Did you say where you were from? I I missed it. Could you tell me real quick? Yeah, I'm in uh, South Carolina, and I spell it L-E-S-A. That's what I thought. Okay, great. Thank Thanks, you, Amy. Lisa, from South Carolina, L-E-S-A, for those looking on the contact list. Okay, Stacy H., before you go, I'm just going to remind people where we're at. We're on uh, in the chapter, There is a Solution, the bottom of page 22, unpacking the fourth paragraph. We know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, just that one paragraph. So get ready to share after Stacy. All right, Stacy, please go ahead. All right, this is Stacy H. and I'm calling from Virginia. And I, um, I don't know. This morning, I'm really zeroing in on this little part about once he takes any alcohol whatsoever into his system. And um, because this last week, I've had an uptick in my work schedule and. I've been finding myself, um, you know, being a little dishonest when I'm weighing and measuring my food. And I'm not talking about ounces. I'm talking about, you know, point, you know, instead of being 4.0, it's 4.2 or 4.3 or even, you know, I get very close and then I just throw on that extra, you know, baby carrot or whatever it is. And, you know, there's years that I, you know, would actually take a baby carrot and cut it in half if it, if it was over by anything. And, you know, and the truth is, I mean, just like this line tells us, you know, that once we take any alcohol whatsoever into our system, you know, when I get dishonest, even by 0.2 or 0.3, um, I'm being dishonest with my food. And there is a disconnect between me and my higher power. 
um, when I get to that place or, you know, or lately, you know, I've been working, you know, longer hours at work and I find that, you know, I'm thinking about, um, not just thinking about it. It's like, I'm spreading my dinner out. Like instead of waiting until dinner time, it's like, okay, well, I'm hungry. I need to, you know, take my fruit now. Um, you know, and it's just like there, you know, there's this dishonesty that's happening that even though I'm eating the food that I've committed to my sponsor, I'm kind of, you know, spreading it out a little bit, you know, earlier into my day. And, um, I'm like, that all matters, you know, that all matters. And I don't, you know, and I know that people, especially family members um, who have seen me, you know, weigh and measure my salad or my vegetables, you know, why do you have to weigh and measure your your salad? And, you know, people are so used to like the diet mentality and certain, like, you know, like Weight Watchers where it's zero points and, you know, it's fine. And, you know, one extra baby carrot isn't going to hurt you kind of thing, like you're not going to gain weight. And, you know, the reality is, is this has nothing to do with gaining weight. Like this all has to do with, you know, me being, um, you know, in recovery, being close to my higher power. And the fact that when I do am dishonest with my food and I take extra bites, that that, you know, that affects my connection to my higher power. And it it, it takes me into self-will instead of, you know, being in God's will. So, like, it really does matter. Um, So... Anyway, grateful to be here, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey H. from Virginia. All right. So we are on page 22, the fourth paragraph. Who else would like to share on what we read? I'm sorry, go ahead, say that again. Okay, one at a time. Christina L. Tuli B. All right, so Tuli B, Christina L, and then there was someone else. Julian W. Julian. Barbara E. from New Jersey. Barb E. Okay. Elizabeth K. Elizabeth K. Anyone else? From Rhode Island. Paul from Rhode Island. Elena C. Elena C. Okay. I'm sorry, who was that? Okay. All right. We have a really good group here. Julie B., Christina L., Julianne W., Barbie. Elizabeth K, Paul, Elena C. All right, Tuli B, you're up. Please go ahead, followed by Christina L. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Tuli B from California. I recovered for today, but not cured. Um, we know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drinks, as he may do for months, he reacts much like other men. Indeed. You know, um, the first thing that happens to me when I'm not honest with my food is that I get into self-hatred, like, right away. Because what has happened is that the program of the years of working the steps and practicing 311, 310, 11, and 12, you know, on a regular basis and showing up for service to God is that um, I know 
when I'm not being honest. I don't have to prove it to anybody else. Um, my sponsor took the way she she had me do it. Step one, she said, is stand in front of God and give God your food. And, you know, that's really powerful because if I'm lying to God, then what's what's the point of even showing up? Um, but the longest I stay away from food, I stay committed to to my simple eating plan. I can look at this woman in the face, and I can show up and open up my heart and be ready to receive the the gifts that God gives me when I'm practicing the principles of the program. And then I get to walk free and let the sunlight of the Spirit in. So for me, it's really worth it to stick to it because I know what self-hatred looks like, and it's not pretty. And I know what dishonesty feels like in my heart, and it's not good. And I know what it is to want to help people and not be able to because I don't have anything to give. Um, And the most important thing for me is that connection with God. And if I don't have it because I'm... I'm in, in not, not in spiritual alignment and fitness, then who am I fooling? But, you know, waking up to you guys and listening to your stories is really my medicine. And I'm so grateful that you all show up and the people that do the service because I couldn't do it without you. So have a good day, everyone, and just keep doing the deal. I love you. Thank you so much, Julie B. from California. Christina L., you're up. Good morning. This is Christina L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. And um, I really didn't want to share today. I don't know what's what's going on there, but um, I know I need to because I didn't share yesterday. And um, anyways, besides that, you know, I look at this paragraph, and it really brings me back to my first four years in recovery, and um really grateful for all the shares um, today. And, you know, yesterday's um, opening share really hit me with, you know, the powerlessness of, you know, the, the mental thoughts. Um, I'd never thought of that before, and it is so true. And you know, that's been the experience um, that I've had in in um, in program, you know, when I have relapsed and stuff many times. And, you know, I, I'm just reminded of when I was in program, um, maybe not the first four, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't have what I know today about the doctor's opinion, um, the strong message that I've heard from, from all of you. And, you know, I was just doing what I was told in the rooms of OA. And I was abstinent to my definition at that time, but there definitely was still that white-knuckling experience that I was going through, except for a period when I was in um, a fellowship of OA that mandated, you know, what I had to abstain from. And it took away all of my alcoholic ingredients and food um, and beverages uh, that, you know, were a problem for me, unbeknownst to me at that time. And once I had completed working through the steps in that fellowship, well, well, 
with a sponsor in that fellowship, not in that fellowship. Um, it was the same 12 steps of OA. You know, it wasn't working for me anymore. You know, something something had changed. I knew that something just did not feel right, but I didn't know what it was. And then I came to vision, and, you know, it was so... Um, rebellious, rebellious and defiant. I was so unteachable that first year that I came to um, to this meeting and everything. And, you know, I, I, I was just like all over the fact that you couldn't tell me how many phone calls I had to make anymore. You couldn't tell me what foods I was allergic to, what I could and couldn't eat, whatever it was. And, um, you know, obviously that did not serve me well. Um, Sure, I had gotten to a physical recovery in my body and everything like that. And no, I didn't think about food, um, you know, during those years when I was working through the steps. Thanks, I'll just wrap up. And um, But I will say that when I did pick up that food, you know, just like this this, uh, paragraph says, you know, I was off and running and I was making up for lost time, big time. So just very grateful to be here today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Christina L. from Florida. Uh, Julianne W. followed by Barb E. Go ahead, Julianne. Hi, my name is actually Sue Ann W. Oh, Sue Ann, sorry. That's okay. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, actually. And I'm not sure I ever shared this meeting before. Um, I'm like a pre-step one person. And um, so at this point, I've, I prayed for half an hour today for the first time, I think. And what I did was I wrote a letter to God. And I was also singing to God. So um, I want to say thank you for everybody who's providing service, including the people that are providing service just being here. And um, so I have recently, just recently learned how to make a food plan and Trust me, I threw away a lot of food, a lot, a lot of food, because I didn't know that some of my foods were alcoholic um, when I first started up. So um, I liked reading, short and sweet, (laughs) and I'm abstinent for about two or three days now, Um, and I have a new sponsor that I really have been working with, and... I need to reach out more, which I hope we will do <laughs> in the future. And so thanks for letting me share. It's great that everyone's here today. Thank you so much to Ann W. from Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome. As we say, welcome to Overreaders Anonymous. Welcome home. We are so glad you're here. Thanks for sharing. Okay, Barbara thanks. E., you're up by Elizabeth K. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey, recovered just for today. No, I'll never be cured. This is a killer disease. It wants me dead or suffering. I don't know where it came from. My parents weren't alcoholics. They didn't have problems with food. I simply was born with the mandate to eat, to eat anything and everything I could get my hands on. When I was a child, I wandered into my mother's bathroom, 
found what I thought was a chocolate bar. Turned out to be Exlax. I had a shitty day the next day. And then there was AIDS, A-Y-D-S. Supposedly, it would cure my desire to eat. I ate it like candy. I ate Tums. I ate anything I could get my hands on because I didn't understand that I am a sick person when it comes to food. Otherwise, I'm fairly normal, I think. Intelligent, yeah, maybe. Um, Competent, yeah, except when I'm driving. But I couldn't stop eating. I went to Weight Watchers. I lost all the weight. They said, now you can eat in moderation. Well, moderation is not a stop on my subway train in New York. I needed complete abstinence. I didn't understand my problem. Once I started, I couldn't stop. I was on a hamster wheel. It just going. I'd say to myself, I'll just eat that one thing. You know, I never did. I ate the whole bag, the whole box. Then I went to the freezer and everything I could find. And I said, I'll stop tomorrow. And tomorrow came, and I didn't. And then I said, I'll stop on diet day. That's Monday. I didn't. And that's how I gained and lost and gained so many pounds before God took pity on me and brought me to Overeaters Anonymous. And I learned that I had an allergy and a twist of the mind that would keep sending me back. I'm a slow learner, so you can say the same words to me every time. But I'm a quick forgetter, so I'll go back and do it again without your help, without God's help. I'm not sure what God is, but I know he's there, because with his help or its help, I can live another day recovered, not cured. I have to brush my teeth. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to say a prayer before breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Please, God, thank you. Nourish me, not activate my addiction. And then I call another member immediately and say I'm making you my sweet dessert call even though it's only breakfast. Thank you, dear people, for partaking in my recovery. I couldn't do it without you and God. Thanks. Thank you, Barbara E. from New Jersey. Elizabeth K., followed by Paul. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Good morning. Good morning. This is Elizabeth K. in Massachusetts. Um, Thank you for your service. I'm looking at the sentence, the experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. And um, uh, several years ago, I was in a different program and I had about 15 months of abstinence, but it was a white knuckled abstinence and I had not gone through the steps. And so I didn't know that I had this obsession and um, I'd been abstinent for maybe 15 months and my father passed away. And I went immediately to the grocery store right after he passed and I ate. And the next day I went right back on my program and I thought, wow, I can do this. And it, it is a progressive disease. And, you know, maybe a couple of weeks later I would have a little bit of something 
And then it was two days before I could get back on program. I kept slipping and sliding all over until I could not get back on my program at all. And um, that relapse uh, went on for, um, for months and brought me to the place where I thought I needed to be committed somewhere because I just couldn't stop. And I remember standing in the kitchen and um, being so full and so sick and still wanting to eat. And I thought there is something seriously wrong with me. And it was after that where I was able to get some help and, and, um, you know, and, and I'm almost 11 months abstinent now and I'm so grateful. And I know that without the power of God and without these steps, I wouldn't be here. And I'm so grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Elizabeth Kay from Massachusetts. Paul, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Paul P. from Rhode Island. Uh, I want to thank everybody for their share. And I want to say that that we, I had before program, I had two Venus fly traps on each of my shoulders. And thanks to the program, I got rid of one and replaced it with my higher power. And right now, my higher power is winning. Uh, before this, uh, I was on a, a daily diet of seafood. I saw food and I ate it. But thanks to program and you people and everybody in the whole world, I want to thank. And I'll pass on that note. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Paul P. from Rhode Island. Okay, Elena C., and then we might have time. Yeah, we'll have time for a few more as well. So everyone, we're on page 22, the fourth paragraph, reading that one paragraph only. Um, Elena C., please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you, moderator. Thank you so much for all of you for being there for, and here t- this morning and for your comments. <clears throat> so this paragraph is reminding, my name is Elena C. from Greer, South Carolina, Recovery Compulsive Overeater for today. Um, I uh, hear in this paragraph um, the diet, dieting that I engaged in, and I will, and Diet helped me lose weight, um, and it was only temporarily, of course. However, I never um, eliminated my um, binging foods uh, while I was dieting, <clears throat> but I had periods of abstinence and periods of binging while I on, on, on a diet because I did, had no idea about the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind that this paragraph is emphasizing. Um, So what I like about this community and the big book, which, by the way, I love this big book, um, is that it's, I don't know any other um, definition of addiction that's better than this book is portraying. And I am in mental health. I've been in mental health for over 20 years now. So um, 
the research is finding um, a lot about the construction of the brain and the phenomenal craving that sends in the prefrontal lobe. However, it doesn't describe at length this allergy of the body. It doesn't describe what's happening in the mind like the bhikkhu does. It doesn't describe in spiritual terms why we do what we do as compulsive overeaters. So I'm so thankful for all of you and for this big book and for all that you I've been learning. And so with this um with this um knowledge but also experience because you know I, I don't even I don't necessarily learning. I learn it but I also I'm doing it, right? That this program is a program of action. Um, I am today, I have a life that I've never, ever dreamed of. I don't have a great home, big home. I don't have a big car like the American dream. What I do have today is through the work of the 12 steps, which are the tools of our work on our addiction, on my addiction, I have God. I have God. I have God when I choose to turn towards towards God. And I have God in every single relationship in my life. And I am so lucky. I'm so lucky I have God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Elena C. Okay, who else would like to share on what was read? We've got time for, I don't know, two people? Trisha D. from Georgia. Trisha? Pedro B., California. Pedro. Okay, sounds good. We're going to go with that. Trisha D., please go ahead. You are up. All right, thank you. Trisha D., Compulsive overeater from outside Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this paragraph just was such an eye opener for me because when I never, in all my years in OA, not till I got to a vision for you in the year 2020, did I realize that I had the spiritual malady and I had where it says in this line, we're equally positive that once he takes any alcohol into his system, that something happens in his body and mental sense, which makes it impossible for him to stop. I had no idea that it wasn't anything to do with willpower. It was all about I had an allergy, and it started in my mind, not in my gut. I did not realize that I was trying to use my power, and I needed God's power to overcome this disease, which I didn't even know it was a disease. And so I am just here to share today, so grateful for the neutrality I've had with against, um, of not consuming, not want, even wanting the flour and the sugar, and to really know that there's a spiritual solution, and it is true. It really works when we work it. We have to do the action, the steps of steps one, two, and three, and live in that power that's present to us. I never realized how much God is in the details of my life. And he cares so abundantly, so much for me. 
and wants nothing but the best for me, even when it comes down to my food. And he starts with my mind. And so I have to keep my relationship open with God in order to keep that channel of grace coming from him to me so that I will use his power to make good, wise choices in my day to work the steps and work my food plan, um, call those, call my, make my phone calls each day. I, I do weigh in measure because it gives me security and safety in knowing that I'm doing the best for my body, what I need. So I just um, thank you, Vision, for you. Thank you for this program. Thank you, Big Book, that has changed my life for the past two years and is given me absence and the gift of being able to sponsor and to give and to carry this message to others. And thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Tricia D. from Atlanta, Georgia. So now Pedro, Pedro B. Mm. from California, you are up. You'll take us out. Please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for for sharing. Thank you for your service. Uh, if you're new, welcome. And if if you all welcome, um, yes. Uh, so uh, I am working on step one once again, and uh, we admitted we were powerless of food, and our life have become unmanageable. And um, this is my experience. You know, I uh, I've been trying to stay stuck for years, and I haven't been able to. You know, and uh, in looking, you know, the fact is that. Uh, I know that while I stay away from 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 my alcoholic food, which I may do for years or months or whatever, I react normal. I don't, you know, I don't gain weight. I don't. Uh, I feel, you know, peaceful. I mean, what I found is that when I am abstinent of those alcoholic food, I find peace, happiness, joy, energy. You know, really great benefits. You know, and then um, I start doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and before I know it, I'm back where 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 I started from. Uh, and the fact is that I have not been able to stay stop. And 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 uh, I'm looking ahead a little bit at the next paragraph. And uh, it's, it's a wild, you know, if I stay away, I'm I'm okay, right? I'm okay. But once I start and and uh, the main the main problem my main problem centers in my mind right is my mind the one that gives me permission is my mind that tells me it's okay the spiritual malady that i have but anyways i'm really grateful that uh, today just for today i know deep in my heart that i'm powerless over my alcoholic food and my life is unmanageable thank you for letting me share Thank you so much, Pedro from California. Oh, wow. Thank you, everyone, for a great meeting. Thanks to all who shared. Thank you to Team Thursday for all your service. Please uh, continue to join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing and newcomer greeter announcements. The share ID for today, Thursday, August 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 
OA vision for you meeting is 19,309. That's 19309. We will now close with reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, Chris M., could you please read a vision for you? Hi, thank you so much for your service and everybody else on Team Thursday. Chris M., compulsive overeater, and I am from um, close to Toronto, uh, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.